Today, we're talking about the top four killer benefits we get from rental real estate on today's episode. You are listening to the Champion Hustle podcast. Play to succeed in business and in life. Featuring Levi Hunsaker and Ryan Black. Welcome to the Champion Hustle podcast. My name is Ryan Black. And my name is Levi Hunsaker. And I tell you what, I am super excited about what we're going to be sharing today. How you doing, Um, Ryan? Oh, I am doing awesome. (laughs) This is one of the things we are so passionate about. There are so many killer benefits to rental real estate. And especially in a time like this, man, I love sharing this information with other people because a lot of folks just don't even know, right? They don't know all the cool benefits that there are with rental real estate. And so... Um, lots of different investments out there, and we've talked about different types of investments on previous episodes, but today we're going to dive deep into why rental properties are the bomb. So, And why you should have them. Exactly, exactly. And, and you know, there's, we've all heard the saying, you know, when, when sh- when's the best time to buy a rental property, right? Ten years ago? Yeah, ten years ago. <laughs> when's the second best time to buy a rental property? Right now right now and uh i think that'll become much more clear to you as to why as we dive through these so so let's jump in top yeah, you wanna, four benefits you want to kick us off ryan sure so number one is appreciation now this is i want to make sure that you really clearly understand where appreciation sits on the kind of the whole scale of everything because What we saw happen back in 2007, 2008 with a lot of people getting completely burned and losing the shirt off their back, that was due to various factors, but a big big part of that was uneducated investors, right? People that are just seeing the market just appreciate like mad saying, sweet, if I buy a property at this price today and I sell it in six months, just based off the appreciation alone, I'm going to make like 50 grand, right? And people were doing that. That is gambling. That is so, so dangerous. It is not an investment strategy. It is, it's a horrible idea, okay? Appreciation is a bonus. Now, it's one of the benefits we get from from, um, rental properties, right? It's awesome. But we say it first because of the four four key benefits, it is the least, um, I guess you could say least valuable or the least, the one we put the least emphasis on because it is simply a bonus. When you look at appreciation, markets appreciate differently. You've got the Midwest is doing hardly anything. And then you look at, you know, really hot markets on the coasts and other places that will have massive appreciation and then massive crashes. What we do see is over the long term, if you look over a long period of time, all areas in the country will consistently have some level of appreciation. Even if it's a little bit, you will get appreciation. But that is something that we simply do not bank on, it is a bonus. So I hope that's very clear. I want to differentiate us from the folks who simply say, well, I invest based on appreciation. We are vehemently against that. That is so, so dangerous. It's all about any type of investing has risk, right? We all know that. It's all about calculated risk. You have to be calculated when you take those risks and banking on appreciation is simply uh, a fool's move. It's not something that we do. But it is a great thing, right? I mean, we've got many different properties that we have bought and sold over the years, and appreciation has given us some great returns. Um, So it's something we look at, but we don't actually include it in our core analysis of saying, in order for this transaction to work, 
we've got to have appreciation. It's simply the cherry on top. It's the bonus, um, but it is a good one. And, and what is exactly appreciation? For those of you who don't know, it simply is the value of the property increases over time. So we purchase a property today and it's uh, $200,000. 10 years from now, right, it's going to be worth considerably more. The value of the property has appreciated. And so obviously that increase in the, in the equity that you have in the property is uh, a great benefit that you receive upon sale of that property. And, um, you know, it simply happens automatically over time. So appreciation is, is great. Yeah, I love that. It's, it's the, you know, we've mentioned this before. It's the cherry on top, right? We, we love the benefit of what appreciation does. And that's a great way that wealth can be built. But that's not why we get into that investment. Yeah. So great point there, Ryan. Okay, so let's jump into the next one. The next one that we've got is called amortization. Now, if you have had a mortgage, you've heard this word before, but what does it really mean? Really, from a rental property standpoint, we're talking about principal paydown. Now, the best part about principal paydown when you have a rental property is it's not coming out of your pocket, it's coming out of somebody else's pocket. So really, they're going to work every single day to pay their most important expense so they have somewhere to live your tenants and what you're providing for them is clean safe affordable housing right that's that's what we like to provide clean safe affordable housing we're not talking about being a slumlord or um, taking advantage of people we want to actually provide a really good benefit and we can do that through rental real estate now that amortization that principal pay down basically you have a mortgage on it and and we've learned that you know there's interest and there's principal going to that it's not coming out of your pocket again, but those people are helping to pay down the balance of that mortgage. And guess what? When you sell that property, who gets to keep that? You do. You do. Yeah. And and that's, yeah, because you know when you look at any amortized payment, right? A payment where the monthly payment doesn't change over time, like a, like a mortgage or a car loan or something like that, you have part of that, part of that payment is being applied towards interest, the rent for renting their, the bank's money, and then the rest is applied towards principal paydown. And so I love that. The, the, uh, the principal paydown, the amortization is such a killer benefit because they, I mean, you're making money in other ways at the same time, but you're simply recouping that, that, that equity and they're out there working, your tenants are out there working every day in order to make that happen and to make that most important check every month, which comes to you, the landlord. And I, you also touched on something I wanted to, I want to expand on real quick. You talked about slumlords. Now, obviously in every industry, you've got all type of people. Yeah. So in, in the real estate investing industry, are there bad people? Absolutely. We, I, I have, have dealt with some in the past. It's not a pleasant experience. What I can say is, is that we are proud to say that we run our businesses with integrity, right? doesn't matter what business you're in you are who you are and if you're going to if you're going to run business with integrity with honesty and and do things right you absolutely can do that and make great money now when we look at running a real estate investing you know building a portfolio and having rental properties and doing it with integrity you still have to remember that there are different classifications of rental properties right you've got class A properties class B class C and so um, sometimes people can get a little bit confused because they say, oh, well, this, 
um, you know, this this property that you own, it's not quite as nice. It's a little more run down. Uh, you know, maybe the, the amenities are not quite as nice. What you have to realize is different classifications of properties require different amenities and different finishes. For example, the properties that we have owned that were Class C rentals, they had um, a very different fit and finish inside than the Class A, Class B, right? You're not, we're not going to put granite countertops in a, in a rental that's in a part of town um, where there's you know a lot of drugs and crime and other things where people are paying $500 a month to rent an apartment. Granted, with the house where they're renting the house where they're paying 2,500 bucks a month to rent the apartment, absolutely that's going to have granite countertops. And so the point I'm trying to make here is this. It doesn't matter what type of classification of rentals you're going to look at. And each, I mean, each, each class brings its own uh, challenges and benefits. <laughs> it doesn't matter. What matters is you can still be a good landlord a good landlord, regardless of, of what you have, you know, whether you have class A, class B, class C rentals. And so um, just keep that in mind that if, and some people, they don't like that. They say, well, I want all my rentals to be beautiful and really, really nice. Well, then don't buy class C rentals because you can still have cheap rentals that are for lower income tenants and that don't have the fancy amenities that you might want in your personal residence but somebody who's paying 500 bucks a month, they don't want that or expect it. They don't need it. They're paying $500 a month. So there's, there are, in every segment of the market, there are different requirements, things that are expected. So you can still, still provide safe, sanitary, and affordable housing for people, not be a slumlord, provide what they need, make sure that you know, it meets their needs, yet not go and be crazy with amenities that they don't want, need, or expect at that price point. So that, yeah, those are great points there. Ryan. That's my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> that's my, I'll get off my soapbox now about that. Cause it's yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. What do we have next? Taxes, taxes, taxes. One of the biggest tax strategies that we have as investors, we have a lot of cool different things that we do, but one of the biggest benefits that we have is the depreciation of the rental properties, because while the property is appreciating in the market, while we're getting that principal pay down, recouping our equity in the property, thanks to the mortgage payments that the tenant is making, we're actually able to, thanks to the IRS, we're able to write off that property through depreciation, which has taken over 27 and a half years. Now, depreciation is simply when you have an asset and it de and you're you're writing off or taking a loss of the value of that asset over time, that's depreciation. And so 27 and a half years is the schedule that the IRS has provided in order to fully depreciate a rental property. The cool thing is, is not only are there, you know, lots of different ex additional expenses involved with a property, you know, you've got maintenance and repairs and and uh you know, different overhead and costs that we that we have that go into maintaining a property, even especially things that increase the value, right? We let's say we put in new flooring, like we've done before. We put in new flooring in, in a couple of our units. By putting in the new flooring, it actually uh, increases the appreciation on the building. It increases the NOI on the building, the net operating income. It increases what we can charge on rents, and um, and so we're putting that money. But the money that we spent to uh, 
to repair the floor or refinish the floor is also a tax write-off. So we're making, making and saving money every step of the way. The taxes, but the biggest one is the depreciation and being able to write that off, especially folks who are in the situation, uh, you know, we got uh, attorneys and doctors and, uh, you know, engineers or folks who are in higher paid uh, salaried positions where they're making a lot of money, but they're also in a really, really high tax bracket. Those types of people are, are much more can really benefit by acquiring rental properties, if nothing else for that depreciation. And there's even cooler advanced strategies. We're not going to dive into this today, but uh, advanced strategies like cost segregation, where rather than waiting over 27 and a half years, you can actually take a lump sum of depreciation very, very quickly. And so if you're saying, you know what, I need, you know, I'm going to buy a couple of properties this year, but I need $150,000 in tax deductions to offset what, you know, what I've been doing in other businesses or what my, you know, salaried income has been getting, given me this year, cost segregation can do that for you. So there's some really, really cool things. The more money you're making, the more you need rental properties for the tax benefits. Yeah. So you mentioned something really interesting in there is increasing the value, right? You can get tax write-offs for increasing the value of your property. Now, uh, if you actually think about that, we're going to give you a pro tip here. This, this tip is if you have a tenant and they're looking for maybe an incentive, they, they ask for, maybe they ask for a half a month or a full month rent off to try and get into the property. If you're having a hard time getting the right tenants, you can offer incentives. Now, what I'm going to recommend is you don't give a discount. Don't discount your rates. Instead, if you put the value into the property, if the tenant leaves early or you know skips out on the the uh, property or damages the property and you need to recoup the security deposit, instead of investing in giving a discount to your tenants, invest in the property, make it nicer, put new carpeting, put new floor, put new paint, put new appliances or something in that increases the value of the property instead of giving a discount and and you just increase the benefit for your new tenants. Okay, so the fourth benefit is cash flow. Now, this is the money shot right here with rental real estate. When we are looking for a new rental property, it's all about the cash flow. I'm gonna even say cash flow is king. This is what you're gonna look at, and if it's not cash flowing, there are so many other properties out there, you don't need to try and make a deal or force a deal to work that just isn't really a great deal. It might be an okay deal or a mildly okay deal, but we want a great deal when we look for our rental properties. So I, I know people that won't even buy a rental property unless it's putting 400 bucks a month cash flow into their pocket. And you know where you're at, you can decide what, what the threshold number is. Is it two? Is it $400 a month? That's really up to you to decide, but you know, for us, we like to, to see that higher 400 bucks a month for cash flow. And there may be, so there are certain, in, in, to be play devil's advocate here, there are <laughs> certain instances wherein you may want to pick up a property that has no cash flow or even negative cash flow if there are other multiple, much more lucrative exit strategies, right? 
Right. If, if, but that is, those instances are few and far between. Those are the exceptions, not the rule. For example, you pick up a property, you know that a certain area of town is going to receive a major commercial overhaul. And so you pick up a property to hold on to it for a couple of months so that you can resell it to a local, like maybe Walmart's coming in, right? And they're going to build and you know that they're buying up all of the areas and they need to pick up that property and you can buy it at a discount right now, knowing you're going to sell it in six months and negatively cash flow, maybe you negatively cash flow over the six months, five grand, but then your upside is 150 grand at the end. Like that would be a situation where, okay, I'll take the negative cash flow. But once again, those are few and far between and you really have to know what you're doing <laughs> if you're going to get into a situation like that because you don't want to get burned. So I just wanted yeah. to play devil's advocate there for a second. Yeah, there are definitely a lot of things like that. For example, you may even decide to negative cash flow if you're going to run a property as a long-term flip even because instead of trying to focus on market appreciation, you're going to be focusing on forced appreciation, things that you can control instead of things that you can't. So yeah, those are definitely some exceptions to that rule. But like Ryan said, those are few and far between. And what we're really talking about today is long-term buy and holds. What is, What are you going to focus on if you're going to plan on keeping that property for 10, 20, 30 years? Yeah. You want that cash flow exactly. from day one. And, and I also do want to clarify as well, when we're talking about rentals today, we are talking about what you just said, traditional long-term rentals. We're not talking about short-term rentals, right? The overnight Airbnb, VRBO, that's a whole nother strategy. I'm sure we'll have another episode in the future where we, we talk about that. And also it'd be good for us in a, in a future episode to dive deep. We've, we've touched a little bit on uh, some elements of property management. That's a whole nother topic. There are so many tips and tricks when it comes to property management, making the proper choices of working with property managers, or if you're going to self-manage, making those right choices. So um, we can dive into those in a future episode. But yeah, we're talking traditional rentals today. So those are the four, appreciation, amortization, taxes, and cash flow. So now that you kind of understand what the concepts are, we want to dive deep and give you real world examples of what that can actually do. So for those of you who are audio only, we apologize. Um, it might be a little tricky to follow. We're going to run through a bunch of numbers here. Recommend maybe for this episode, jumping on Facebook, jumping on YouTube so that you can see the screen because Levi's going to be mapping out while he's explaining and drawing out all the numbers. Super, super powerful. Um, so with that, Levi, show us the magic. All How right. does this all come together? Let's dive in. Yeah, like Ryan said, jump jump in and you can see we're going to try and um, explain this all out as best we can if you're just listening on the audio. But yeah, jump into the Facebook group, jump on YouTube again and uh, connect with us there and kind of see how this is drawn out. So we're going to actually put this into practice, right? We've got the four benefits of the rental property that we're talking about here. Let's talk about a practical example here. So we've got... Let's say we have a property and we're gonna keep these numbers simple. Obviously you can go do these same numbers on your own property, but we wanna do round numbers to keep the math easy because hey, we're we're going live here <laughs> and sometimes when you're on the spot, you don't math good. Yep. <laughs> so. These are, yeah, it's rounded numbers, that's right. fine. 
So what we're gonna be talking about here is we're gonna say we pick up a property for $100,000. And for those of you on the East or West Coast or in high appreciation markets, you're thinking, there's no way. These are all over the place in the Midwest. There's even properties that you can pick up for like $40,000. So we're gonna go with a $100,000 property and we're gonna buy this the traditional way. So you have a property that's 100K and we're gonna do a 20% down payment of 20K. Okay. So we're gonna start looking at this. All right, we have our four quadrants of value here. So appreciation, and that's gonna be the top left. If we look at appreciation, in Utah, where we are, the appreciation rate has been well over 5%. So we're gonna use a nice round number of 5% for this year, for this example that we're doing here. And we're just gonna assume that it's going there. So we're doing a 5% appreciation rate. Now what that means is that first year, we're gonna look at the first year of a rental property. That appreciation is gonna be $5,000 that year. What kind of return does that give us? Well, we put $20,000 into it. And so that gives us a 25% return just in appreciation that first year. 25% return on the cash that we put into the deal. Yes. So 25% ROI. Okay. On our initial investment yes. of $20,000. Okay. Because that's how we're looking at it as an investment. The next one is principal pay down. When we look at principal pay down, that first year, if you go look at an amortization table of this loan, what you're going to see is about 1100 bucks. Okay. You had a mortgage for 12 months and you only paid $1,100 of that mortgage in the first year. But compared to our 20 K investment, that is about a 5.5% return on your cash. So cash on cash return. Okay. All right. So let's jump down into the next one about taxes. Okay, the average rental in the United States generates between five and $6,000 a year in write-offs. We're gonna just pick an easy number. We're gonna say $5,000 a year. Okay. Okay, but remember that's at a, a certain tax rate. So we're gonna say add a 30% tax rate. That gives us about a $1,500 savings in taxes just by having that rental property. If we take that over our initial $20,000 investment, that gives us a 7.5% return. And then the last what about, one... What about the depreciation? That The depreciation is already in the taxes, in oh, okay. the tax savings, yeah. Um, and the last one is cash flow. And as we look at cash flow, this is where we initially bought the rental property, why we decided to buy it, but look at all the other benefits that we're getting. The initial cash flow, we're saying that this rental generated 100 bucks cash flow a month for $1,200 a year over the initial 20K investment. That right there is a 6% return. Now, if we actually take a look at that and, and exclude appreciation out of this, what we're gonna see is a 19% return, not including appreciation. <laughs> That's incredible. Where where are you seeing that kind of return right now? Not the stock 19%. market. <laughs> no, no, it's it's not pretty. I think I'm at like 0.1% right now. It, it finally oh, made it back man. positive, so that's a good thing. But 19% return without taking into account appreciation. 
And this is the way I like to look at it. Say, okay, that's a good return. And then we add appreciation back in and that gets us up to a 44% return in the first year. Year one. Wow. And they, these so, are pretty conservative. Obviously these are projections, but they're very realistic with what I've seen. And I know with what you've seen in the investments that we've been doing over the last few years, it, it in a very conservative way, that's, ab, and that's we're talking a $100,000 property. Imagine if it were a half million dollar property. Yes. So, you know, I, the way I like to look at this is, have you ever heard of the rule of 72? Yes. Can you tell us about the rule of 72, Ryan? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of it, but I can't remember it right now. Okay. It's, I believe you're, if you take, no, I can't remember. You, so you tell if, us. <laughs> if you take the number 72 and divide it by your interest rate, let's say it's 10%. Well, you don't want the percent on there. But if you divide that by 10 for 10%, that's going to take you 7.2 years to double your money. How many years at 44% does it take to double your in initial investment? That would be 1.7 years. 1.7. So less than two years, right? But it gets better. So let's, let's really dive into this next example. And let's look what happens as you go into year 10. Okay, we've held this property and we get into year 10. And we're going to do the same kind of analysis. And basically, this just jumps in. You have appreciation, you have amortization, you have your taxes, and you have your cash flow, right? In year 10, that same appreciation at that around that 5% appreciation per year goes up to 77.50. Divided by 20K is a 38.8% return. Awesome. Wow. Jump into amortization. The principal pay down that somebody else is paying has gone up from 1100 bucks a year to $1,700 a year over your 20K investment. You have 8.5% return. So now the, all of these pieces from your initial investment are increasing in the rate of return. And your taxes, really the taxes are going to stay about the same. Your depreciation, your other expenses, for the most part, you some years you'll have more or less, but on average... You're going to stay about the same on a rental property. So we're still at that 5K at 30% and $1,500 savings over your 20K, 7.5% still, still the same there. But what's cool is rents appreciate as well. So the amount of rent that you're charging is going up constantly each year. And so now instead of the $1,200 a year in this example at... Uh, I think I did a 3% appreciation on the rent, the growth on the rent coming in. So that $100 has gone up 3% every year for 10 years. That's now gone up to $15.50 over your 20K investment. Now from 6%, it's now up to 7.8% per year. So now that's also increasing over time. So we take a look at this. And again, we're going to section this off and say we're not going to look at appreciation yet. What happens if we just look at principal pay down, taxes and cash flow, we see a 23.8% return. So, it gets better with age. <laughs> well, and and really an increase over 10 years, a rent that starts out at 1200 up to 1550, 
You're being very conservative. That, very, I, very conservative. <laughs> I I think in reality, yeah, it, your increase would be a lot higher. So, so but I, even even running super conservative numbers, killer, killer returns. And when you factor in the appreciation as well, so yeah, then we take a look at that. We add that appreciation back in, and we are at sixty-two point six percent return. Dang. When was the last time you saw that in the stock market? <laughs> Never. That but, is incredible. Oh, man. This is why we geek out on this stuff. This is why this is one of our favorite topics. Okay, this, is, this has been awesome. We've looked at what happens when we buy a traditional rental, traditional financing, traditional down payment. Let's take it to the next level. Now, Because we don't do things traditionally. <laughs> no. It's too slow. We don't, we don't like to do things traditionally. We like to learn maybe the, the enhanced way or the cheat code way of doing things, right? Yep. Level up and let's look at what happens when we learn some creative ways to acquire a property. Some of those might be subject to, which is buying a property with the existing financing staying in place or a contract for deed or seller financing, you know, lots of different options here. But when you can get in here, we're going to take the same $100,000 property and we're still going to be conservative here, but we're going to say, you know what? We're only going to put 10K down into this to acquire the property in a creative way. So Which now, you absolutely can do. We have done it before. And I mean, and I, I, we've got friends who've done it for even less than that, considerably less. I mean, we yeah. were in a property, what was it, a, a month ago, a couple of weeks ago, that they had purchased the property for $4,000. And another one recently that they'd purchased it for eight. So, and this is in 2020. <laughs> so this is absolutely, if you're thinking like, eh, kind of sounds absolutely real. Okay. These are we, we very, very- happen. All the all time. The time. <laughs> so, sorry, continue. No, you're good. So, uh, yeah, but again, we, we like to be a little bit conservative here. So we're not going to do a $4,000 down or a $2,000 down or an $8,000 down. We're going to say 10. Yeah. You get in 10K and we're going to look at the same type of schedule. So you get in, you have your appreciation, you have your principal pay down. Same 5% appreciation, right? It's still going to go up by 5K because it's a $100,000 property, but the initial investment was only 10K. So now we have a 50% return on our initial cash invested. Year one. Year oh, one. Principal pay down. Okay. Same 1100 bucks the first year, but now it's over 10K. You get an 11% principal pay down return. Holy smokes. Taxes, same, 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 right? We're going to keep it 5K at 30% and a $1,500 tax savings, but 10K, not 100K. I can't write here. <laughs> 10K in, you get a 15% return on your initial investment just in tax savings. And then cash flow. Now this is where it gets fun because cash flow, again, remember cash flow is king for long-term buy and hold. What we're gonna see is 1200 bucks that first year over your 10K, 12% return. So now, again, 
We're going to do the same thing. We're not going to look at appreciation. That's our bonus. The other three, principal pay down, taxes, cash flow, that comes in at a whopping 38% return. Now, what did we learn about the rule of 72? You, In order to see how long it takes to double your money, you take 72 and divide it by your return. So in our case, that would be 1.9 years. So now, without appreciation, when we buy creatively, we see doubling our money in two years. Yeah. Less than two years. But let's add appreciation back in there. So we add that 50% appreciation, we see an 88% return. And 88 would be more than 72. <laughs> Just a little bit. So, so last time I checked, that means you're getting over a 100, per, I mean, you're doubling your money within the first year. Yeah. That is credible. But let's, let's keep going. We're going to hold this, this rental long term. What does it look like in year 10? So really, let's dive in. Year 10. We get the same things going on, right? You've got your appreciation, principal pay down, taxes, and cash flow. Now, same numbers, right? The property appreciated at the same rate. We have $77.50 coming in that year in appreciation divided by our initial 10K, and you get a 77.5% return on the appreciation. And we're just going to take that just like in everything else, and set that aside, that's our bonus. Mm -hmm. Principal pay down, we're gonna come in, that's gone up to 1,700 bucks, and 10K investment, we have a 17% return just by somebody else paying down the mortgage for us. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, come again, right? Okay, taxes, we get our same 5K in taxes, at 30% return or uh, tax rate, $1,500 tax savings over the 10K initial investment. Same thing there, 15%. That's still a fantastic return. Double digit returns there. Yeah. And then year cash after flow. year after year. Yeah. Cash flow, 1550 Same increase in rents over time, but it's over the 10K investment we see a 15.5% return. That right there gives us a 47.5% return without even talking about appreciation yet. No appreciation involved yet. 47.5%. Rental real estate is incredible. But let's, let's get crazy and add the appreciation back in when we consider appreciation over the 10 years, 125% return on that initial investment. And that's where you start to see 10, tens of thousands of dollars or even six figure returns on your rental real estate. Incredible. Well, and you can take it even one step further. What if you used the creative acquisition and rather than using $10,000 from your personal uh, resources, you use somebody else's money and raise that. Yeah, Ra raising <laughs> then, private capital is an amazing way to do it. And what happens when you do that? Then your return is infinity percent. <laughs> because you feel you like a three, third grader when you say that? 
Yeah. Cause then you haven't put any money into the deal at all. It's just, can you guys see why we're so passionate about this? Rental real estate is so incredibly powerful. When you compare it to the other options that are out there, it's just not, everything else pales in comparison. We have a bunch of different strategies. I mean, you guys know we're real estate investors, you know, that's what we do. And, and we just, I mean, there's all a bunch of different cool strategies that we're doing, but traditional rentals are, are a cornerstone of what we do because of these killer benefits. And, you know, today was really number heavy. We broke things down, but we wanted to show to you guys how truly, I mean, it's, it's not something mystical or mysterious or hard to understand. You break down the numbers, it's simple math, it works. It's something that's been around for hundreds of years. It's gonna be around forever, right? Real estate's not going anywhere. It is a stable investment when you do it right and you know how to do it, it is incredible, the results and the returns that you can get. And you know, our invitation for you guys is, if what we've shared today kind of piques your interest and you say, I'd love to learn a little bit more, we'd love to share some more information with you. We've got a bunch of more cool examples and tips and tricks and things. Um, we'd love to share that info with you. Just drop a comment on the video and uh, or reach out to us, let us know. We'd be happy to shoot some more information your way so that you can learn a little bit more about this type of investing and how it can benefit you in building your own portfolio and creating a more stable financial future for you and your family. Yeah, so we're just gonna wrap up here today. I hope you guys have enjoyed and, and really seen the power of what investment properties can do for you, specifically rental real estate in this example. And next week, we're actually gonna have a special guest joining us and he's gonna be covering how to free up time with amazing virtual assistant hacks. I'm that's excited. Gonna be a, oh, that's gonna be a good one. We all have limited time, and so using virtual assistants, he's an expert in this, and we're gonna learn from him, figuring out the best ways of doing it so that we can all keep more time for ourselves to do those things that matter most. So we look forward to having you join us next week for that. We'll see you then. Once again, plug in with us online in our Facebook group, and visit championhustle.com for all the links to all of our different online resources for finding the show and for connecting with us. Thanks for joining us. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Champion Hustle podcast. For more great content and to join our online community, visit us at championhustle.com. Mm -hmm.